Hello, my name is Vance Need, and welcome to another episode of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week will speak with other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of those topics that are being discussed and we'll dive in just a bit deeper. On today's episode, we are finally going to conclude our discussion on the King James Version of the Bible. So let's do this thing. Obviously, the title of today's episode, which is Everything Else You Ever Wanted to Know About the KJV, is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. We will not be discussing everything about the KJV today, and also everything else that you want to know implies that it's tailored for you, which means that I'd have to be the most prescient or telepathic individual ever, which I am not. In any case, this will be our final episode of this series. And to some of you, I'm sure that is a cause for rejoicing. For others, you may feel that we've, you know, barely scratched the surface. And I would say that you're correct because there's just so much information to cover in a topic like this that we couldn't hope to do it in, in 200 episodes, let alone 18. So as we bring this series to a close, I thought it would be good just to take some time to talk about why we began it in the first place. First of all, we wanted to take a look at why it is that someone would hold to the King James Version of the Bible as a standard for English-speaking people. And there was a phrase that we, that we used to kind of guide the heart attitude of this discussion, which is, we're KJVO, but we're not mad about it. Nevertheless, whenever an individual holds to a particular standard and promotes it above other available options, questions are going to arise, and they'll range from innocuous to hostile. And so while the development of the KJV is both a broad and deep topic, we should still be able to give an answer when asked as to why we hold to it as our standard. It's kind of like, let's 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 go with this as an example, it's kind of like When I say that in my humble but accurate opinion, Captain Jean-Luc Picard is the best Star Trek captain. Now, there are going to be people that say differently. They're going to say someone like James Tiberius Kirk. And these people are wrong. They're not idiots. They're just misguided because the right answer is Jean-Luc Picard. However, I can't just leave it there. I kind of have to have some evidence because I'm preferring one captain versus another versus all the others. I don't know if they're a Cisco or Janeway or God forbid Archer like fans out there, but Picard is the right answer. However, in my argumentation, well, I would explain that Picard not only is a is a master strategist and a brilliant politician, but he also holds to the prime directive that James T. Kirk seems to think is a suggestion and not a command by Starfleet. Ergo, Picard is the guy. Now, if we can find reasons to argue for fake series that have gone downhill, <laughs> that are way past their prime, don't watch, don't watch New Trek, y'all. It's trash, okay? Just go back and watch Star Trek that was made in the 60s or the 90s, and you won't be disappointed. 
But let me just submit to you that your Bible is infinitely more important than Star Trek. So we should be able to give an answer as to why it is that we are committed to a particular version of the Bible. And we've actually talked about quite a few of these arguments. We've discussed manuscript evidence, translation philosophy, usage and history, practical implications of textual criticism, personal motivations of those involved, and and a whole host of others. And my hope really with the series is that it's been informative, that it's maybe given you some, some things to talk about, but also that it serves as a springboard for you to dive in further and explore more of these topics on your own. Now, something that's even more important than arguments for a King James Version-only position is the particular view that we hold as it relates to the preservation of God's Word. And one of the things that I think that we saw over the course of the series is that it really has a large impact, even down to the practical level of how we walk out our Bible. Throughout this series, we've talked about two competing views on preservation, a faith-based and a critical view. The former believes that God himself has preserved his word, and this is evidenced by what we find in Scripture. We've, we've been looking at several verses over the course of this series, particularly Psalm 12, 6-7, Psalm 119, 89, Isaiah 48, Matthew 24, 35, and 1 Peter 1, 23, among others. The latter view, the critical view, believes that God's word is preserved not by God himself, but in the abundance of manuscripts. And and there are manuscripts that are continually being discovered, and through comparing them with themselves, they affirm the veracity of each other, as well as give an indication of what the original, and in this view, inspired document contained. However, what we've also seen is that the science of textual criticism that is employed by those that mainly hold to a critical view of the word is ever-changing, and, and it constantly reevaluates the past and the past discoveries, which leads to a future that's kind of perpetually in flux as it relates to the question, do we have the word of God? The answer, the right answer, is supposed to be yes. However, we have to reconsider what was the word of God 20 years ago because of new discoveries. So if we hold to a faith-based view of preservation, it's an act of resting in the fact that God has preserved his word himself. Whereas if we hold to a critical view of the word of God, it's an act of restoration via a humanistic process to try and find the word of God. In talking about this subject with folks that maybe don't hold to a KJV faith-based view of the Bible, you you may be asked the question, and and I've heard this question before, what is the big deal? Why are you taking this so seriously? And the answer that I would give is because we take God seriously. Now, I mean, watch your tone when you say it. Don't sound like a jerk, y'all. But we do take God very seriously. And here's what I mean by that. If you were to begin looking at various attributes of God in Scripture, what you'll find is that there aren't things said about God that aren't also said about His Word. Let me give you just a few examples of this. God is perfect, Matthew 5, 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Psalm 19, 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. God is eternal, 
Deuteronomy 33:27 The eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Matthew 24:35 Heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away. God is and has strength. Exodus 15:2 The Lord is my strength and song. Psalm 119:28 My soul melteth for heaviness strengthen thou me according unto thy word. God is truth. John 14:6 Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 17:17 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God is righteous. Psalm 119:37 Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Psalm 119, 138, thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. God is good. 1 Chronicles 16, 34, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. 2 Kings 20, 19, then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. Simply put, you cannot separate God from his word. And if God is purposely, repeatedly showing us the parity between himself and his word, then why wouldn't you look at and consider the Bible with the utmost of care? So as it relates to the exclusive use of the KJV, we're not being fanatical, we're not being irrational, man, we're just being scriptural. We're treating the word of God with the same reverence that we would treat God himself. So again, we could, we could have, rather, spent so much more time talking about all manner of things. We could have gone deeper in on evidence, deeper in on the historical usage of the King James Version, and I'm sure it would have been profitable. But ultimately, we have to come to a place of faith, believing that what we have are God's words, and then simply submit to them and obey them. Overall, if I could impart anything to you to sum up this entire series, it would simply be this. God, who has magnified his word above his very name, has supernaturally kept his word from corruption or error. And through his providential power, he's delivered that word to you. So that whenever you read that book with an open ear and a humble heart, you can hear from God himself. So as always, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the PS Plus. If you have questions about the Living Faith Bible Institute, I'd encourage you to go to lfbi.org to find out more information. If for some weird reason you decided to listen to the last episode first, then there are 17 other episodes in the series you can go back and listen to at any time you so please. I hope this episode was helpful for you and I hope to talk to you next time. Take care.